Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Mr. Eric Peterson, associate contributor, Young Voices, tech policy analyst and commentator for various outlets, Reason Magazine, Washington Examiner, Real, Real Clear Policy, etc. Eric, good day, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Rich, excited to be part of the bullpen. Thank you for being here. So we're gonna chop it up about organized labor and the impact on society in America. I don't want to presume what you know or believe about organized labor unions. So if you would, give us your sentiment. Yeah, I'll just be very brief about it. I think all Americans should have the right to be able to unionize, especially those in the private sector. But people shouldn't be forced to join a union against their will as a condition of employment. I think the Supreme Court has been very good about that in recent years. and. States that like are like Louisiana that are right to work states are something we support. Let's talk about um, the organization or the movement of unionization. Naturally, unions are the reason why we have certain laws in America. It's the reason why we no longer have a 69 hour work week like we used to. It's the reason we have significant uh, opportunities to spend time with family, vacation, family, medical leave act, etc. Uh, it's also the reason why we do have some movement uh, in the minimum wage debate. And so they've been very good to us in, in those realities. Uh, do you find it ironic that individuals who claim to be pro-economy and pro-family, and I'm talking about mainly individuals who subscribe to a conservative political ideology, that these are the individuals that many times tend to be anti-union. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't certainly want to put words in their mouths or presume to know exactly what they think. You talk about a lot of those benefits and certainly you know, unions played some role in that. They've organized and got workers together. But when I looked, you know, so much of the progress that we have in terms of work week and better working standards, a lot of it comes from technology innovation, right? We don't have people sort of standing there screwing in widgets for 60 hours a week, right? We've we've created a lot of automation to deal with that. And that's had other trade-offs certainly in the economy is dealing with labor displacement. But I think it's a little too much to give too much of this credit to union and not enough to innovation and the economic growth that has made our lives better. I want you to explain that to me because I do agree that automation has led to job displacement or job loss. Those those jobs are typically lost permanently. They would never come back in the United States. So I agree with that sentiment, but when you minimize the impact of organized labor and organized movements for labor, how can you suggest that somehow their impact has been small when even those who are contrary to some of the implementation of labor union policies, they do at least acknowledge that the labor movement is the reason why you have significant regulation and protections in the job market in America. Yeah, I'm not playing any, trying to downplay their political impact at all. But when you talk a lot about why working conditions are better, they're safer, we don't have to work as many hours during the day. I wanna give a lot of that to automation. Um, the way that we build Ford cars or you know Toyota cars in America are much different than they were uh, during the age of Henry Ford. And certainly unions played some role in that and some role that is in automation. So um, I just think it's important to sort of uh, give a broader perspective when you're talking about uh, 
Yeah, but come um, on, brother. Even even after automation and during the the progression of automation, you still have people working uh, 12 hours, 14 hours a day, and that was considered standard, especially in industrial and warehousing jobs. So automation didn't change that. You still had individuals that will be fired if they tried to take a day off for sick leave. Automation did not change that. You still had people that could not legally take off to deal with family emergencies. Automation did not change that. What changed that was a policy core that was supported and promoted by organized labor. Yeah, I mean, certainly they had a large political impact on this country, and I, I don't think there's any dispute uh, in that. Okay, all right, so you agree with me, good. So here's the thing, uh, your initial premise was you actually agree with labor, and I agree with labor for the most part. I, I, I don't agree with unions, um, for example, I don't agree with police unions, all right? There are a handful of police unions I can actually get down with that, that are willing to call out bad cops. But for the most part, the most powerful police unions, they are there just to protect bad cops. They don't care if the cop was right or wrong, they're simply going to protect them no matter what. That's, that's a bad union to me. But union outside of policing primarily is there to make sure that one, you do have collective bargaining, but also you can't be fired for BS. Okay, you can't just be let go because somebody showed up and they're mad or they don't like you or there's a personal issue. And naturally, the way we pay those that are unionized is 20 to 28% higher than non-union workers of the same industry. So you have an added benefit with that and that's even when you calculate the amount for the fee to be inside of organized labor. So let me give you the sentiment of why people believe, some believe that even if you do not want to unionize, that certain jobs should require that you pay the fee. Because there are industries where even if you do not pay the fee, you are still going to benefit from the service that the union creates every year. You benefit from that service of collective bargaining, of protocol and firing and hiring practices, of anti-discriminatory actions, of all of that. You take advantage of what the union does every year, even when it comes to pay raises, etc. So why do you think that system should be only a voluntary system and there's no daylight for that system to be 100% funded? Well, also, I'll take a little bit of issue with the stat you cited earlier about the 20% higher. I was looking at the Bureau of Labor Statistics right before we got on, and they say they are apples to oranges comparisons. While some unions. Well, I'm going to tell you where I got mine from so you can check it out. Yeah, the Economic sure. Policy Institute cites yeah. that workers make roughly 20 to 28% higher in union versus non union jobs in the same labor force. Okay. Um, sounds good. Uh, well, we can talk about that later. But I, I would say. Um, you know, when you're talking about people's choice to join a union or not, unions don't have to represent people that do not pay them dues, that do not benefit from that. That's something that they can choose to do or not. And when you look at Supreme Court decisions, right, they've said that people have an inherent First Amendment right to speak and giving money towards organizations is speech. And so forcing people to fund organizations and speech that they don't agree with, I think is antithetical to the First Amendment and to being an American, frankly. Um, and you know, if we start to talk about um, you know certain places that are unionizing, look at Starbucks, right? They've had a few very small stores that have unionized about 20 workers. Um, you know, it only takes 11 people to do that in that situation. Uh, the nine people just want to have their regular uh, employment 
option with Starbucks. I think they should be able to do so, especially in jobs that they might not be in for long periods of time. Now, let me bring you to the next question, because honestly, I do get both sides of that debate, but I wanted to bring that mm-hmm. to, to the forefront of the conversation because some people don't know why or they're unaware as to why people suggest it. There are states that literally pass laws that make it illegal to unionize. Now, you said at the beginning of this show that you actually agree with the American worker making the decision. However, 100% of states that don't allow unionization are led by Republicans. You, by logical connection to your first premise, would be adversarial to those governors for taking the choice away from the American worker. Am I correct? Uh, You'd have to get specific on what policies you're talking about. There are some states that do not allow unionization by law. Georgia is one of them. Okay. They don't allow collective uh, bargaining, none of that. I mean, if you're looking at the states with the lowest union membership, it's North Carolina and South Carolina, and they're still over 3%. Um, again, that, that's according to BLS. But yes, I mean, I, I think any law that would just outright ban unions um, or any sort of you know voluntary arrangement is not something that I would support. All right, good stuff. Uh, Listen, man, it was a pleasure having you on the program. I appreciate you stopping by Indisputable. All right, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to chatting with you later. We'll have you back. Thank you, man.